what I realized after having my first brick and mortar business and then starting this one was that I have worn all of the hats for so long. Like I couldn't have gotten through grad school without having some of all of these. They demanded me to be all of these things. And then as a worker bee owning Spring OT, my first bricks and mortar. But it was when I started to really drill down on these concepts that I realized, oh, my natural ability It doesn't mean I can't do it. It means that my natural ability is more visionary. And many, 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 many OT entrepreneurs that I speak to identifies visionaries with also this lovely side serving of ADHD or ADD, whether diagnosed or self-diagnosed. I mean, that is a very typical profile. So do not beat yourself up if you are not even an ops person at all. Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses, including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OTs Get Paid podcast episode 90. Eight. Today, we have a real treat for you. Today, it is dun, 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 meet the OTs Get Paid Operations Manager. Okay, other than being like a connector, as Malcolm Gladwell would say, and kind of a bit of a social bunny, you're like, thanks, Trish. I'm really glad to be meeting people on your team. But why? So let me tell you, we are about the fundamentals of business to increase your profit and increase your clarity and increase the impact that your OT business is having in the world. And one of those very important pieces is operations. A lot of you are flying by the seat of your pants and you come to us and you ask us for support. And one of the things that we teach is good old-fashioned business categories like marketing, like finance, like sales, and 
fulfillment, so doing the actual thing, and operations. And even the people in my 100K Club Mastermind yesterday, for example, were still needing to remind themselves about all those different categories. You've heard me talk about them before. I know for so many of you that your day as an OT entrepreneur business owner just looks like a giant to-do list. And it's important to begin to suss that to-do list out into certain categories because it then allows you to expand in the areas that are important and begin to synthesize using that beautiful synthesis brain that you have to be able to decide what is a priority. Because if everything seems important, everything is important and you will never be done. So one of my favorite things to do is to help OT entrepreneurs learn about these basics and use data to then make decisions about what lever to pull in your business right now. So that's a little bit of our background. One of the most important pieces is operations slash systems, but we'll get into that. And so after a long search, having found super operations person, I decided to bring them forward to help all of us begin to understand what the heck is this all about. Now, I'm about to introduce you to Super Jarina. Jarina is going to talk about the, the difference between systems and operations. We're going to talk about visionaries versus operators. And we're going to talk about her being an operations manager. And before we go any further, I want you to know that some of you will not be hiring a manager. And that's okay. Some of you will be hiring an assistant. Some of you might not even be thinking about this in terms of operations, and you'll be thinking about it in terms of a VA. And that's okay too. So join me in this learning time and welcoming our most wonderful operations manager at OTs Get Paid, Jarina. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> so let's get real for a second. How nervous are you? I am extremely nervous. Absolutely shaking in my boots right now. So. And is that because we treat you horribly here and like I'm scary, big, bad boss lady? <laughs> what, is, what, is, what is the fear here, Jarina? So I'm a true operations person here where I really love working in the background. I love working at the back end, not front facing, not with the customers, even though a lot of my job really does put me in the client facing position here. But it's different to be in a podcast and interviewed as myself. So that's why I'm very nervous. <laughs> and so... First of all, thank you so much for being so honest about that. I think you know our audience and you know that our transparency and our vulnerability is part of our strength. So then quickly, why did you agree to do this? I think it's very important for every business owners, every CEO to truly understand the benefits of having an operations person here. It's an elevated version of a VA person where they're not just doing it, they're also synthesizing, they're also visionary with you and really trying to make sure the business goes forward. One quote that I, I really lean on is you want to make sure the business runs on itself, not off the backs of the people that you're hiring at that time. And what if 
you were unavailable, right? It could be due to sickness, it could be due to any type of emergencies here, but if you or the person is unavailable, can your business still run? And that's why it's very important for every business owner out there, for every CEO to make sure that their business can operate without them. Absolutely. And thank you so much for leaning into discomfort, which I know everybody listening does that as a business owner and an entrepreneur and for, you know, having a very strong why to wanting to share that information and overcoming. So thank you. So we, we, we support, put on your supportive ears. We're listening with support in our hearts as Sharita does this. So thank you so much. So let's start out a tiny bit because we've been using the words visionary and operations. I want you to discuss the difference between visionary and ops because I think it's a really important distinction before we go on. Of course, the best way to differentiate is really through roles here. So the CEO is typically a visionary here where they have a specific idea or goals here where how their business is functioning within one another and having a specific output or results that they want to achieve. But an idea here is quick, it's simple. You can just envision it and it's happening already in your mind. Whereas someone who works in operations here, the integrator here is essentially making it happen. How to translate that idea to actionable steps, to actionable items here, and what team or what role or what position is needed to make that vision happen here. And sometimes the CEO or, or whoever that's the visionary of that business here do not have that vast knowledge or or encompassing view of the business simply because they're thinking of other thousand dollar things, of other visions of what they want to see in five, 10 years. So the integrator, the operations person takes it one step at a time, takes it one day at a time as well, and making it happen bit by bit. That is such a beautiful answer. Thank you. I want people listening to own what they're good at and what they're not good at. And I can tell you for years, I functioned being all the things, the visionary, the integrator. There's different, you know, there's a leadership test. Oh, by McCowan. I forget his last name, first name, McCowan. And it it actually is something that I had you do during your interview. And it was a, a quiz to put you in a, one of four categories, a visionary, a processor, an operator, or a synthesizer. And you can lump all of those together and say one is a visionary and one is an integrator, depending on who you're reading or, you know, how deep you want to get into it. And what I realized after having my first brick and mortar business and then starting this one was that I have worn all of the hats for so long. Like I couldn't have gotten through grad school without having some of all of these. They demanded me to be all of these things. And then as a worker bee, owning Spring OT, my first bricks and mortar. But it was when I started to really drill down on these concepts that I realized, oh, my natural ability, it doesn't mean I can't do it. It means that my natural ability is more visionary. And many, 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 many OT entrepreneurs that I speak to identifies visionaries with also this lovely side serving of ADHD or ADD, 
whether diagnosed or self-diagnosed. I mean, that is a very typical profile. So do not beat yourself up if you are not even an ops person at all. So it's not only just like delegating $10 tasks off your plate, like to a VA, it's literally saying, who has the ability that has a different skill set than me or a better skill set than me, visionary or integrator. And so when that freed me up to realize that part of my job as the business owner or the CEO, as we say around here, is to, be, there's only one of me. Only one person can decide what the outcome of OTs get paid is going to look like in six months or a year or 18 months or three years. And I want you to get really comfortable in that. And if you own that and you understand that, then you need somebody. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing. I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay. So where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. To run that other side of the show. So tell me a tiny bit about your background before I ask you a bit more about what drew you into the operations role. Of course. So I think you can tell from my accent that I'm not from Canada. I am from Malaysia. My educational background predominantly revolves around communication and advertising slash marketing. I earned my degree in Lincoln, United Kingdom, and I finally moved to Canada back in 2016. My professional background has always been a little bit all over the place. It started with data entry, and then it was marketing and it was copywriting it was translating while i was waiting for my visa but it is always about operations and it's always about fulfillment and i've worked with you know from startups to businesses that were earning seven figures yearly and i was just a little bit too busy body i really was curious <laughs> about processes about the operations of my own role even I, even though I wasn't carrying the operations title here, I had my load of work and I always thought to myself, there must be a better way. Mm. So I'm looking forward to, to automating my work, to finding out why am I receiving it like this? It should be better so that I can process it faster. And I poke my nose in other departments here and I start <laughs> advising them like, hey, maybe if you do this, you can save your time by doing that, right? Mm -hmm. And my experience here, the, my breadth of experience of knowledge here has really shaped me to be in operations here. I mm -hmm. never knew that my skill set and my hunger for knowledge aligned me with mm -hmm. the operations role here. When I was when I was told by my previous HR, like, hey, I think you would fit in operations. I looked it up. And if you if you were to Google what operations do, it's still all over the place, right? Very. 
the 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 common common response for what an operations do is that they oversee all activities in the business mm-hmm. right but what does that mean well it's exactly what i said i am seeing things to make sure that they're running better running more efficient here because i want to save time i want to maximize profit i want to to make sure things are running without me overlooking at it every single day here and this is where my expertise lies and this is where i ended up and i absolutely love it i'm so glad i think one of the things that i realized when i was interviewing for your position was that again there's a difference between a va and a va is like you have to in my tell me if you think i'm right by the way i always feel And a VA is a really good start. And we're not just talking about VA. Like if you listen to this and you're like, okay, I just need to get some things off my plate. That's a VA, knock your socks off. And I have been in that position before. I've hired lots of VAs, tech VAs, whatever. But it still required a lot of me understanding operations and processes and then delegating somebody else to do it. Whereas this stage of the business, I was looking for your ops brain as well. So a lot of the interview questions I had was like, what do you think we should do in the next 30 days, in the next 60 days, in the next 90 days from an ops perspective? What, where, you know, what flaws can you see? What should be next? And assistant versus manager really also is like, how many people are you supervising? And, you know, what are you responsible for in terms of projects and who do you report to, et cetera? So we're not going to split hairs on the assistant versus the manager title here. And I want those of you listening to this, because it was a massive shift for me, to realize that the right person, if you're kind of past the VA stage and you need somebody to own a lot more of this, ask them (laughs) during the interviews. Do you agree with that difference? Yes, I completely agree. Operations manager or operations assistant, essentially any operations role is a step up from a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. Right, the main difference between a virtual assistant and an operations role here, virtual assistant is more just a doer. Mm-hmm. They need tasks to be handed to them and then they will execute them. Whereas for an operations here, you need to bring them in for discussion to make mm-hmm. sure that the end goal, whatever project, whatever service of whatever that you want to achieve can be met here. Mm-hmm. Because the operations here is thinking more than just marketing. They're thinking about sales. They're thinking about customer service. They're thinking what tech that needs to be done or to be implemented here. They're always thinking of better ways to improve it, mm-hmm. to, to, to meet the business goals, to meet the business functions. Whereas the VA, if you don't tell them what to do, mm-hmm. they don't have anything to do. Exactly. And so I, when I realized that I could interview people and ask, say, you know, And part of what I said to you was like, I think I know what I want and I'm going to need you to be really comfortable owning that. And then, you know, managing up was a big thing I said. Like, I know that I'm a visionary and I can, although I don't have a diagnosis of ADHD, but I definitely have a scatterness to me compared to you, especially. And like, I want to hand you ideas and then you figure out how to execute them. So you are both strategist and done for you. Correct. Yes. Yes. And it's funny that you you keep mentioning that CEOs or business owners have ADHD because I 
I agree with that sentiment. <laughs> We're throwing everybody under the bus. Okay, great. It, it really does go across all industries here. And it's not a bad thing. That's no, not at all. That, that is what makes them a CEO here, right? They can think so grandiose and make it happen. But once you reach a certain amount of capacity, you definitely need to branch out, right? You can't be the only one that's doing it all here. And you mentioned also about managing up. So one of the quotes that I really live by, it's actually from my dad, and I'm sure he took it from somewhere else. (laughs) But he stated that a good worker is someone who finds work. Mm. And I believe that's what an operations role would do here. They live by that quote here because there's always something to do. There's always something to improve. And it's fun. It's exciting to see a system or to create a system and to improve it. And sometimes with the CEOs or business owners here, okay, I have this one goal and that's it. Whereas Mm -hmm. in operations, we'll be like, you know what comes with that goal? 10 other mini goals. And I'm going to achieve it. I don't care if you're aware about it. (laughs) It's going to improve the process, the work here, it could be in one week, could be in three months, but it will be for the betterment of the business and for the CEO itself. And that's what I think is what operations should be and what I live by here. That's what is the critical difference between myself and a virtual assistant. Yeah, I love it. And the critical difference between a visionary who needs to get this off their plate. Like, I think you and I are true yin-yang in that sense. And, you know, you, you get that, you get that I can come in with all these great ideas and you can rein me in, or you can, you know, push me at times, or you can say, okay, great. You can have like this kind of calm look and say, okay, you know, that's going to take this number of steps or especially. So you said you wanted to do X next month, but you want to do Y at the end of the week, you know, we can't do those two things at the same time. Like it's going to take time. Like you help slow down the visionary. And I just think that that is, especially if you're at this stage of business, it's, it's a dream to have that person because at this point I can't spend time just delegating. It has to vary you. Somebody needs to own this, which is one of your incredible strengths. So what does a typical day look like then for you? And I know there's no typical day, but which is why I kind of like this question. So what does a typical day look like working at OTs Get Paid so that people can really sink their teeth into it? Firstly, it's a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Um, I think, you know, even across other businesses here, but particularly in OTs Get Paid here, one of the best aspects of working and always get paid in this operations role is meeting with so many people that are willing to meet you halfway. Mm. When you're working from a, a on a different business or a different industry, it seems that everyone's trying to fight for their own cause here. Mm. Right. Whereas in OTs get paid, all of the partnerships, all of the collaborations, all of the even people that I meet talking about the softwares that we use here, they all have this one common goal, which is how to improve ourselves and to serve our clients. Mm. And it's it's truly rooted in like the hearts of every single person that I've worked with here. Mm. 
So sorry to go past that, but working at Otis Get Paid here, I get to sink my teeth in a lot of different departments here a little bit more closely. I get to really dive into social media. I really get to dive in into the fulfillment aspect of our clients here. I get to create lots and lots of spreadsheets here and really improve on my Excel skill set and meeting Trish halfway here. It's really great to be able to utilize pretty much all of my skill set and be met with a good environment, with, with someone who celebrates your successes and your progress rather than, oh, you've done that, let's move next, next, mm-hmm. next, next. So it's great to be able to, to be appreciated and to, to really celebrate all of the smaller and bigger successes. Mm, I'm so glad to hear that. I know that was important to you as well looking for a job. And so again, we've talked about this, but the culture that you create at your OT business helps draw the right people in. Right. And so don't hide that under a bushel. Like don't hide your light under a bushel, like let it shine, like own who you are. Because as an ops person, you can work in any business. And I know that was a really key factor on Jarina wanting to land here. And, you know, I never had any doubt that every single person that she was going to come in contact with, quite literally, our coaches, like our clients, everybody was generous and kind and thoughtful and had a wanted great impact. So we typically start our days with a meeting. We have an agenda. We're big on agendas. And what could any given day look like? Like, do you even want to open up like what yesterday looked like or what Monday looked like. Like, I, So let's say we start off our meeting and we go through our agenda and we're like, okay, you know, what are your wins? What are the priorities for today? And some of them have themes. Like we tend to have theme days, right? Like Mondays tend to be marketing and Wednesdays tend to be external projects. And Fridays we meet with our coaches and our programs. Past that, what would the rest of your day look like? Can you give an example? Of course, the rest of my day is typically here, finding out more details for clients here. It's always about how to improve on our clients here. So for example, if we are doing marketing Mondays here, typically after our meetings, after checking off everything that I have in my to-do list, I try to find new ideas, new steps that we can improve on our marketing specifically for our clients here. Mm-hmm. And that could be updating all Trello boards because we're very big on Trello mm-hmm. boards here. So mm-hmm. Updating all of our data. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm sure all the listeners know, Trish is huge on data here. Mm-hmm. So we have lots and lots of spreadsheets on data here. And again, because the theme on Monday is marketing, I typically update all the data according to marketing here. Mm-hmm. So that I can improve more and talk more about it with Trish. Like, okay, Trish, we're down this week on this specific aspect here. We need to do something about it. After that, it's it's about fulfilling all of our customers' emails here, check on our Facebook, very client-facing because most businesses, no matter what, runs on customer-facing type of services. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to keep that in mind. After that, it's really just going through our automations. I'm big on testing here. So anything new that I'm creating, I'm almost always testing it two, twice or thrice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I ended with preparing for the next day. Exactly. I also want to highlight that you also have a strong project management role, right? So not only do 
does Jarena look at categories and how to improve the functionality of those categories? You have a doer part of you where I leave you in charge of a lot of the projects. So yesterday, for example, we did our first co-training with Therabyte, who's our podcast sponsor at this point. And, you know, you helped us plan for that. You helped us like, do you, did you need the slides pulled together? Were the links right? Do you, uh, you know, we were offering a special offer to people after they attended the webinar. Is that all working on the back end? Monitoring to make sure it was working. Any updates that were needed. So you spent some time in Canva. You spent some time in some social media. You've met with Ashley a few times. You actually know Ashley's team. Like, so there's also that project manager aspect and that's a marketing example, right? Today, you ran the meeting for our coaches with the agenda that you know, we created and any things that get solved from a systems operations point of view, anything that's not working, you know, you reviewed, we send out NPS forms to all of our clients once a month to get rating and to hear their feedback. You're monitoring all of that data. You're sharing that with our coaches and anything that comes up from that, we can either tweak or you're also executing. You're you're looking at the content calendar. You're looking at, you know, hey, do we have everybody's holidays for, you know, July and August to make sure that everything is covered? Like there is that real project management role. And I think from ops, there's that balance between, again, it's not just delegation and doing, and it's not all strategy. It's this beautiful flow between those two things. Correct. Yes. It's truly one of my favorite pastimes is creating flowcharts or creating diagrams or swim lanes. And just to see how customer journeys would go, how our automations function, how our platforms work with one another here. It really does give me a visual understanding of how the business is running. Mm-hmm. And if there's any issues, it's I'm very quick to, to know where that error lies in. I'm a very visual person. So most if not all of the projects that I handle will have a flowchart component to it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Flowcharts and checklists. It's like (laughs) Jarena love language. (laughs) (laughs) So as we're wrapping up, I have one last question for you. And that is back to kind of our category, our talk about visionaries and integrators. What is like one of your favorite things about working with visionary and what are some of the toughest things about working with visionaries and be like brutally honest because everybody listening is just going to see themselves in your answer. So what I love about it is the exact same reason why I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Very fair. Very fair. Um, It's, I think it's more so the excitement Mm. when the the visionary has something that they want to talk about or what they, they, they start just word vomiting all over me, right? They're just saying that I think this is amazing and I want to make it happen and I get hyped up too. You do. I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. (laughs) But the issue here is that sometimes that vision is very limited. It's the sentences are not completed. Oh my gosh, I was going to ask you that question. Okay, I'm going to interrupt. So what is the thing you say to me most often? You didn't finish your sentences. gosh I'm so glad you brought that up I mean you're you're excited to do it and you know this is the 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 thing that's going to sell the thing or going to make the thing and it's just unfortunately it's just not all encompassing right it's it's 
like that that example you mentioned that you want to do X end of the month, but I also want to do Y in this week. I hate to be the bad news bearer here, but it's just not possible. We just simply don't have time for that. Or, you know... Or time I, to I do it well. Correct. Time yeah. to do it well. I mean, I think that's a huge part yeah. of your job is that quality assurance. Like, because exactly. I flew by the seat of my pants for a long time. Yeah, and I'm someone who wants to test it out to make sure we got it right. I'm, I want to make it happen. It's funny because I'm running off quotes today, but the other thing that I often say is anything that you want to happen can happen. We just need to think about the details. And let me think about the details and I'll make it happen, right? And so that's why I love it, working with the visionaries here. It's so exciting. There's there's the back and forth here, right, of, of running ideas around, throwing our dreams around here, what we can do, what we can't do. It's just very unfortunate. Sometimes it just either goes to another topic or it's just not all encompassing here. So I always have to like pull back and like, okay, great. Let's talk about the main topic again. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I love it. And then I'll say to you, what? You can't read my mind. Like I won't even have realized I haven't finished a sentence. It's so great. It's yeah. And it's owning all of our strengths and all of our weaknesses again, right? And that's just the way your brain is built and it's just the way my brain is built. And there's, that's when it, that's when it works so well. Well, how are you feeling? A little less nervous? I'm sweating. Oh my gosh. Okay, I was hoping the answer would be like, no, I'm calm as a cucumber. Okay, we're done. Yes, thumbs up. Sharina, thank you so much for doing this for us today. I think you've given a great insight into a complicated topic for many people. And really what we both wanted to do today was help propel people towards understanding operations, hiring somebody for an assistant or a manager role, because we know we need to get things off your plate and it's not just a to-do list. So thank you so much for leaning into this and doing this for us. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you have feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.